Hey, welcome to this week's edition of Testing Peers. Today, we're going to be talking about switching off, and we'll go into more details of exactly what we mean by that in a little bit. Let me introduce you to the awesome foursome. So we have Chris. Hey. Simon. Howdy. Russell. Good day. And myself, David. We're delighted to be continued to be sponsored by Saffron QA. Saffron QA are a specialist in testing recruitment, offering permanent contract and a newly developed retained recruitment service. More details may be found in the show notes, or please reach out to Ben directly to find out more. So the first things we always do is talk about banter, and we'll pass you over to Simon. What are we going to talk about? Yeah, thank you, David. Trying to keep on topic slightly tonight with uh, the switching off theme. I'm sure we've all done it. We've all switched off in meetings and either dived into our phone. I'm sure Chris has completed another season of Football Manager or uh, Mario Kart or, or something like that. But have you got any horror stories where you've switched off in a meeting or switched off in something where you're maybe presenting and uh, you've changed screens to something else because you forgot that you're sharing your screen or switched off in other ways in meetings? I would say that my ability to distract myself during meetings is often tempered by me putting the camera on to make myself accountable in that way. And I even did a call last week with two people who had their cameras off and I kept mine on purely to make sure that I actually paid attention to those things because I will get distracted by things. And I have been caught out when there have been conversations about things. Sometimes it's a meeting that's been going on for like an hour or something. It's often ones where it's hard to follow. And my mind has gone off elsewhere, often about food or needing the toilet. Those are the main two. And then somebody asks you a question and you have to ask people to repeat it and apologize. And that will never not feel like an awkward moment. I don't have any super embarrassing ones and I've pretty much tempered it by just going to the toilet when I need to, just leaving the meeting for a while or just keeping the camera on the whole time to make sure that people can see me. Not when I go to the toilet, though, in case you thought that. Thanks, Chris. It's an image I didn't want. For me, I've been caught out a little bit sometimes, as much because, especially with Zoom, when important messages come through that have to be are fairly urgent and so therefore your, your mind is distracted and exactly as Chris says, you can sometimes be then asked a question directly and it's always a bit of a giveaway of, I'm not sure, uh, could you just repeat it? Let me just uh, recap. But I've got another story. It's not completely me, uh, although I was there, is that um, people falling asleep. Pre-COVID, we had a large company meeting in a rather large hot room just after lunch. And there was one guy there who decided that he would completely switch off and fall asleep. And he fell asleep so soundly, he started snoring. And so the person next to them had to uh, wake them up. Uh, so that is completely switching on. We had someone at one of my old companies that would always sit in the front row of big all hands meetings and everyone started putting uh, you know, sweepstakes together on how long it would take her to fall asleep in the front row when you'd have some big CEO or whatever come over from the States to come and talk to us all. And, and yeah, there she was in the front row asleep pretty much every meeting. So, I mean, I, you know, going back to when we were in the office and everyone was in the office, there always used to be that thing of, you know, no laptops because people would be on their laptops and they'd switch off from the content of the meeting and be dealing with emails and then suddenly be asked a question and go, oh, sorry, can you repeat, et cetera, et cetera. But I think in the virtual world, it's like, as Chris said, it's much more difficult to switch off if you've got your camera on. Although I did make the mistake pretty recently. I was sharing my screen, I was presenting something 
and the other people on the call started talking about something through and I clicked off the presentation and started browsing link I was browsing a thread on LinkedIn that was to do with one of the jobs we posted and the people that were commenting on it and very quickly realized that I'd still got my screen shared and then had to make an apology of you know I never meant to do that there was an accident I don't know why I clicked off etc etc so that's probably the most embarrassing thankfully it was only a small meeting not a big you know all hands or anything like that but Thankfully, it was your job as well, rather than yes. At least you went another job. At least you went looking for another job. That was yeah. I was reading one of our jobs that we were posted. (laughs) We posted. So yes, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. But yes, that's probably my biggest. uh, I've switched off for a minute and not realised. I don't have any good switched off ones, if I'm honest. But since we're on meetings and things like that, I'm going to give you two horror stories. One is amusing for the other person, not me. There was a meeting with the whole division of this company, and the sort of CTO type person liked asking and calling people out and saying, what do you think? And for some reason, I'd I'd had some discussions with certain individuals and I was, you know, challenging some of the ways we were doing things and things like that. So he decided on this meeting to call me out, which was great, but I was on holiday. Um, So he called it out and then was like, well, why aren't you responding? And so on. I got told about this afterwards when I wasn't there because he was getting um, angry. The fact that I wasn't actually answering and things like that, but actually I wasn't even there to answer. So that was an amusing one. And the other one was when I was speaking to a colleague of mine because a client had agreed to change some processes to something slightly better, would we think. And I messaged him saying, oh, you know, it's great that this has changed and so on. And he was sharing the present screen at the time to the client and that popped up on the screen because it was on their, their teams, not our teams. So it shared it still. And the client took great offense because all it said was, it's great that the client name, duh, 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 and they thought I was taking the mic. So that caused a bit of a hoo-ha where actually all the thing they saw on the screen was me saying, it's great that this client's name, and that was it. But they took massive offense at me saying it's great. And I still to this day haven't quite worked out why. But yes, they're not quite me switching off, but they are amusing nonetheless, at least to me. There are triggers as well sometimes when you're looking at a meeting. Like, for example, we've had it when Simon shared his screen here and that I've seen hundreds of tabs. That's quite triggering for a person like me or someone sharing Chrome that it needs updating. <laughs> And or someone's sharing a presentation, but they I haven't gone full screen or, or something like that. Like, like, or, still at the bottom. Really or, 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 yeah, or sharing people... sharing their screen oh. and their battery's on like ten percent and then it's gonna die or oh. <laughs> or their notifications yeah. pop yeah. up. Your laptop needs to restart. It's gonna we... restart in excellent. We... Oh, that's stressful. <laughs> it's it, things like that 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 people like me, me get really stressed out by. And I've got no reason. Or if you see ten thousand emails or something like that on the bottom of the <laughs> thing, or whatever, like, awesome. like, two and a half hours. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> horrific. But those things do stress me out. I've I, I have actually had to message people and say, please update your crane <laughs> or or <laughs> like when when we do meetings, just share the tab. Don't share the whole window, please. Um, <laughs> Because I, I get, I get honestly, like it, it distracts me to the point where I can't necessarily listen to them. There's probably something wrong with me, not them. But yes, Chris, um, I am their audience, and if I am their audience, then they should know that I'm going to be like you have requirements. Yeah. So I guess that's a slight tangent to what we want to talk about tonight. But where do we want to start with the topic of switching off? I put it on our list of things to talk about because I think it's an interesting one, and I think that there's always times when majority of us struggle to switch off, and in the context of work testing that your mind ruminates and goes over things and stuff like that. So it's kind of the art of techniques and ideas, I guess, that we can share our knowledge, our positive experiences, and maybe our not so positive to share that, you know, not alone in this, um, about switching off. So that, that you know, it could be coming home from work. It could be 
switching off in a meeting as we just described and things where you switch off temporarily and you have to kind of get your attention back but um, it could be loss of focus it was more talked about sort of after work as my concept of like when you finish for the day being able to distinguish between your day and your life because testing is a job for most of us it's maybe a hobby for some of us too mainly it's a job I'll start off because people always comment on this that even through lockdown and everything else that I still wear smart things every day including a shirt and tie and so part of my switching off is putting on that sort of uniform at the beginning of the day and then changing into more casual at the finish and so that is a quite clear uh, some might say quite extreme switch off but it's it works for me and I I still like to do that does that help you mentally switch off absolutely in, yeah so you, you don't have anything going in your mind that you're carrying on from your day at work not really no head? no no okay is it the that's act of changing that does that that helps or is it yeah of... no absolutely yeah it's the act of changing putting the work clothes down so yeah to... whilst i'm still wearing it i'm still feel that i'm in work mode but you know mm. getting rid of those confines is is certainly helpful for me I, I i never wear the stuff i wear for work casually so therefore again i create that barrier so therefore i don't always associate you know i associate that just with work I've always found the sort of commute home quite a good way of switching off. So I've generally, there's been quite a few exceptions, but generally when I come home, try not to do any work so that I will work in the office till late or do things like that. But kind of my home time is my home time. And I got bad at it at times, but I tried to keep that rule. And the more I keep it, the generally the better I am at switching off. But I will watch my phone maybe when I'm on the commute. But once I'm home, I try best not to go on my phone. My girlfriend would disagree with some of this, but never mind. There's exceptions to this rule. Sometimes I used to be a release manager, so I had to actually go online at 3 a.m. still. So I switched off the best I could, but um, I still do check my phone. I tend not to reply, though, just see what's going on. I'm terrible at switching off, I'll be honest. I've tried so many different things to try and get it right, and I'm probably, I'll be honest, I'm in a bit of a rut again at the moment in that I can't switch off. Although I'm in a better place work-wise because I've got a team of people now working on stuff that I can delegate to and I don't have to worry. So so when I went on holiday, to be fair, last week, I didn't take my work phone with me at all. So I didn't respond to emails. I didn't check any emails. I, I did switch off for a week. But I got back Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. My work phone's out. I'm checking to see how many emails I'm going to have to go through. You know, And then log in on Sunday night to try and get a head start on that so that I can be on the front foot on the monday morning but at the end of the day at the moment i'll shut the laptop down five half past five you know, lock the screen shut the laptop but then i'll carry my work phone around with me to check on stuff that i'd sent at the end of the day to see whether anyone's responded um, and because i've got people in my team that like to work later hours there's sometimes that need for me to to be available in case they need anything but i need to be better at finding a way to switch off i have found recently that either diving into something with the kids or reading a book or or doing something has helped me mentally switch off. But I always find that it's like nine, 10 o'clock at night, I suddenly have this idea of something that I I need to get out, need to put down on paper, I need to put in an email. So I'll do it. And I need to get better at actually saying, no, actually, I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to write it down and I'll do it first thing in the morning rather than sending that email at half past nine at night. Because then it just, I don't know, it almost sets this false thing of... <clears throat> Oh, he's working long hours. Well, actually, I'm not. I've been sat doing nothing for the last two hours, but actually I've just thought of it at half past nine hmm. and I've sent it there and then. I've not been working since I since five o'clock. It's it's one of those yeah. things. Whereas if I sent an email at 9.30, I would have been working all that time because 
that my processes switch off at the end of the day. Yeah. Everyone's different, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that a very difficult thing is having phones. Mm. I'm lucky I've got a work phone. I got my teams on that and I can, I switch it off at the end. Well, I, I try to switch it off at the end of the day, or at least I leave it in a remote place as part of my sort of switching off thing. But I know that people, because we've got teams have it on their personal phone. And I think that that's quite a dangerous thing because I think it does create difficulty in switching off because even when you're out, you, you can see, you know, I know you can switch off notifications, but that's a choice. It's, you know, by default, it often has notifications and therefore it can cause difficulties with uh, exactly as you say someone if if you see it and someone replies at nine o'clock at night then people assume that you have are still working and and can still answer questions especially if you reply to it and that can cause a lot of problems we've been talking about this at work quite a bit recently because people are saying oh i'm just sending this email now but i don't want you to reply to it but obviously people see it and often will reply to it. And and you're right, like there's a, there's an example being set that, that can be a bit of a spiral that goes on. I've heard of people disliking Slack as an app because they felt that they were being excluded from work and decisions and stuff. People were sort of taking that home with them, like on their phones or whatever. I think a lot of it does come down to culture and, and, and all those sorts of things. And, and But also there are, technology has solutions to these things. Like my, I've got notifications that are on a timer, so I don't get my Slack notifications from work after my hours stop. I don't get my emails till after my hours stop. Oh, sorry, wrong way around. After my hours stop, they stop emailing me. That'd be really weird otherwise, wouldn't it? Okay. Um, but you can also you can also draft Slack messages and emails that, that can then post first thing in the morning. You can schedule them to to post at those different times, which which means I've got it out of my head, but I'm yeah, not telling people that they need to be working at these these that's crazy true. hours. And then, then that's the part of the the laziness in me hasn't spent the time thinking about all those possible other ideas that would mean it was scheduled for ten past nine in the morning. So it's not you know. Yeah. and to be fair some of the tools it isn't obvious how to actually do it. No, so, that's some true. some are easier and some some are a little more tricky. It should be part of your onboarding in your organization and there, and there yeah. should be examples about this is how we should be doing this. And it should be allowed that people are to, are being challenged. That's the way it should be. I know that isn't necessarily how those things work, but f- for me, that's how I try to work. I try to leave this room and not come back into this room until I'm working again. Yes, I've got a phone and stuff, but for me, the switching off thing has been, less about that and more to do with like the mental repercussions of so much screen time continuously and i have found myself waking up first thing picking up my phone looking at my phone going to the bathroom having a shower don't look at my phone whilst i'm in the shower but before and after and and then going and brushing my teeth i'm on my phone having my breakfast i'm on my phone sit down at my desk and uh transition from my phone to my laptop then i'm on my laptop and I only look away from my phone when I go to make a cup of tea. False. I have my phone with me. And it's continuous screen time. Yeah. And and I've even been taking lunch time at my desk looking at a screen. And, and then when I finish, I'm looking at the TV or I'm playing on the Switch yeah. with my kids. And it's relentless. And I'm getting this. I've talking to people this week about it. Like there's almost like a weight around my eyes and my head. It's that blue light thing, right? It's it's just too much. And, and for me, it's, it's none of it's switching off thinking about work, which I have been guilty of in the past. It is literally screens. Yeah, I, 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 and I, I need to look at screens I, for work. I would agree. I, I've been 
thinking I'm doing something in, in a good way for my own sort of mental well-being recently and that I've taken some time out during the day like lunchtime and spent half an hour gaming like FIFA or something just to switch off completely and then you have to focus on the game for half an hour but actually you're right it's another screen it's another I've been out for a run in the morning or I've taken the dogs out for a walk so I don't want to go out for another walk or whatever so I just spend half an hour doing something that's just for me um, but I could pick up a book I could read something else and be away from the screens I think the other thing that's playing in, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk more about this, is it might be that we stop work at a certain point, but my social medias now, LinkedIn and Twitter particularly, are filled with testing. So people from testing world talking about testing, talking about leadership, talking about whatever else that's, like I say, it's not talking about my day-to-day job in my company, but it's talking about my role, my my trade, you know, what we're doing as, you know, how to improve the skills that we're doing. And it's there on social media. And I'll spend hours, well, not hours, but a while scrolling through my Twitter and I'll, I'll, I'll be intertwined between football tweets or, or sports tweets. And then there'll be some tester that's quoting something or sharing an article. And you think, oh, that sounds interesting. I'm going to read that. And then half an hour later, you've read the article. You think, oh, that's good. I need to share that with my team. And then you share it with your team on WhatsApp or whatever else. And, and suddenly you're back in the work mode again. And you, you've it's, it's difficult because social media brings you all back into it. And I know some people are saying, right, I need to take a break from social media because, you know, I need that switch off time completely. And I completely respect people that do that. I just haven't found a way of doing that. Is there a compromise you can make, which some things are work related a bit more, maybe LinkedIn, but for example, Twitter, creating a testing account and having a personal account. So in your personal time, you follow personal things. And then obviously your professional one, you look at during work time. It's part of your work, career, that side of things, which is work-related. It is part of the time I you spend. At there, work. there is that. I mean, I've already got two or three accounts on my Twitter with the testing peers and others and, and my own personal one. So, uh, yeah, another account on that. Which one do I log into to view Twitter is, is kind of that question then. So, yeah, yeah, it's a way I, of separating and segregating. Yeah, it absolutely agree. And I could put lists and stuff in place. But again, it blurs the line between your nine to five and your mm. career because people are always talking about it. And there's always ways to get involved in conversations. I mean, the, the testing peer Slack group, apart from this, when we talk about the podcast, it does go ten, tends to go quite quiet after work day is finished. Partly because probably we've we've got quite an audience in our Slack that is tied to the same time zones as we are, but you know it could be a twenty four seven thing. Other Slacks I'm part of are a twenty four seven thing. Yeah, so it's but it's, perhaps it's, it's good that we do have downtime because otherwise, yes, I absolutely agree. Because otherwise, it would take over. You know, I mean, we're, we're spending our evening uh, doing this podcast now, and uh, to take Chris's point, staring at a screen with all our faces <laughs> on. You know, so. We're, we're sort of our own worst enemy. We're, we're reinforcing yeah. that part of our lives. Yeah. Don't forget, we talked about passion and looking for people who want to do that stuff outside. It's like, okay, there is a, there's a balance yes. to be found, right? Yeah, absolutely. With most things, there's a balance, yeah. So one of the things we haven't mentioned, obviously, switching off is one thing that's challenging. We work in a multinational, multi-time zone world now, most of us. There's actually, we have colleagues who are not in our time zone that we work with, that we, we care about um, over the you know, as physically we're supporting them or because they're in a project with us or for other reasons, which is a, one of the challenges with switching off is that you want to be there for help people, to facilitate things, to, to make things easier. And, you know, working with the US often, certainly the UK, that's your evenings. 
uh, working with India, that's your mornings. Working with both, that's a very long day. So kind of putting these techniques in that actually says I'm actually only available then. I've got into kind of putting in my calendar sometimes that this is when I'm cutting off. Like I'm, my calendar says I'm busy then. So when an American colleague of mine will try and book a meeting in, they can at least be reminded of the fact that I'm not in America because it's not always obvious to a lot of people a lot of the time. And they try and get you into things. They call you on Teams if it's on your phone, to Christmas, you know, things like that, because they think you're available. Um, because if you go on your phone, sometimes Teams marks you as available. Things like that happen. A lot of this sort of leads into saying no, mm. right? Because I think it's it's important that we can say no to things. And and sometimes we don't feel like we can. Um, I certainly, I worked, worked for a US office and for a while it felt like when I got a message, especially if it was a DM, I had to respond even if it was antisocial hours for myself. But fortunately, I'm not very good at keeping things to myself. Um, and so in a one-to-one, I, I mentioned it and I sort of said, look, you know, I'm happy to do this thing sometimes. And and so their response was like, look, if you, know, if you don't read it and don't respond to the next day, that's cool. And like it's setting those expectations, but it was actually only because I was like, oh, oh dear, <laughs> this is, <laughs> is going to be really bad for my life. As essentially, I sort of, I, I'm quite lucky that I've told my children they can tell me off if I'm on my phone when I'm around them. And my wife doesn't need permission and nor should she. And they've got people in my ear sort of saying, you shouldn't be doing those things if it's not, if you don't want to, or, or at the expense of other things. Like it's called a work life balance for a reason, because it's meant to be a balance. It's not meant to be like one thing throwing everything off. I'd agree. I think it's something I've always struggled with is it seems an effort to make it a balance. It shouldn't have to be an effort. And for me, it always feels like it's a real effort to pull myself away from the work part of it. Uh, I, don't get me wrong, I want to spend time with my family. I want to I want to get that balance right. But you're right. My wife's the same. You know, She won't hold back at telling me, you shouldn't be on the phone. What, why are you checking your work phone at 9 o'clock at night? Oh, but I just wanted... Uh, but, but why? You could do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, but I just so want to check what, something. Why do you think it is a challenge for you? I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's... I care about you know, making sure I'm doing the best I can do job wise, but you know, I'm also, I know that's the thing I'm good at. I know I'm good at my job. Sometimes I don't feel I'm as good at the parenting, so home life things. I need to ask questions. I need to check whether I'm doing the right thing a lot more. So therefore my confidence comes from my work because I know I'm good at that. And therefore I dive back into the thing I'm confident in and, and, and not almost not find every opportunity to, but, if there's a reason to go back into it, I will go back into it. And I'm pulling myself away. Like I've said this last week, I'm not working in the evenings. And my wife's actually gone, but you don't have to not work every evening. There's stuff you need to get done, do it. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to work. <laughs> I, want to, I want to break away from it. So yeah, it's, 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 it's finding that switch off. I'm going to guess that your kids don't give you lots of praise for being the world's greatest daddy, but your employees might give you lots of praise for being quite good at testing. Um, but it's, yeah, is it? You're not going to get praise in that way from kids. And there is that, you know, and and you know, it's winning, hard, yeah. winning the award and stuff last year has kind of accentuated that because you know, then it's like, well, I've been recognised. We'll put you forward for the worst tester of the year award yeah, please next do. year. Please, yeah, yeah, yeah try and balance definitely. it for you. Yeah, please, and then make sure my wife's aware of that. <laughs> That's kind of taking a strange turn, but you you make you make some good points though. I think around like motivations and we've we have again we talked a lot about passions and things like that 
And I don't necessarily think it's wrong to want to do things, but it's absolutely right to find joy in, in our lives and our work. But I think just as we have expectations for our leaders and people that we work with to have availability in time, and work sometimes can feel like you've got a bit more control and a bit more structure and all these things than, than your life. We, we mentioned it in the an episode a while ago with Lee Rappone saying like it, you should be developing yourself and, and those things not you know the, the responsibility on those things sometimes should be more about you and who you are yeah. rather than your identity within your organization and maybe even your identity as a tester it, it, is that all you are if we if we stripped away your testing identity what is it about you that you wish you could spend more time on we know we know in our introductory episode we talked about things that we enjoy doing or things that we might have done if we weren't testers how much time do we give to those things does and do those things actually help you switch off are they actually good for you it goes to go back full circle a little bit it is about finding the balance of doing anything a little bit certainly where there's times where i know in the last last week i must have done 60 odd hours so on far off that scale that scale's tipped too far it can it can wobble that's not too bad, but making sure you're aware of the point at which you are basically breaking that scale. Um, and that's when obviously, you know, burnout happens, other things we've talked about in other episodes. You've got to be really careful because generally speaking, you think you're fine and then something will happen, snap. And I had something similar not so long ago that caused problems like that. And you've got to kind of look after yourself because it's very easy to think, no, no, I'm, I'm coping, I'm coping. It's usually when you're saying I'm coping, you're just about not. Yeah. yeah. If you're realizing that you're coping, that means you're at the edge in my yeah. head. Yeah, I would agree. And I think, you know, you bring up a point about talking about Lee Rathbone to talk about, you know, self-development. I went through a phase and it's probably just after I watched his talk for the first time where it talked about, you know, you need to take ownership of your own self-development that I dived into. I need to learn everything about my trade. I need to be the best I can be. I need to listen to every podcast. I need to listen to, I need to watch every talk. I need to learn every tool that's out there so that I can be the best I can be. And I had this voice in my head going, you need to keep learning. You need to keep learning. You need to keep learning to the point that I did reach burnout and I needed to learn how to switch off early. I needed to accept that I was good enough for my day job. I didn't need to be the best of the best of the best that my day job wasn't impacted by, but I felt this need to, and it, it was when I first sort of joined around the ministry of testing and, and the plethora of stuff that you can learn and find out about and speak to people that know all about exploratory testing. Oh, I don't do exploratory testing. I need to learn about that. And, and suddenly you're diving into you know, all the realms of all the different types of exploratory testing. And, and, you know, you're getting this vibe from the community of, you know, oh, you're not a good tester if you don't do this, that and the other. And suddenly I, I take that personally and I thought, well, I need to be better then. I need to be a good tester. So therefore I'm going to go and learn that stuff. And I know other people are feeling this as well in the industry that they feel the pressure. Oh, well, I'm only a manual tester. I need to be an automated, I need to be an automated tester and a tester with automation skills. I need to learn it. I need to learn it now. Otherwise, I'm never going to progress in my career. Well, you know, you need to also look after yourself and you need to take that time and find a way to switch off and not push yourself to the brink of, of burnout, as we've talked about before. There's the social media problem as well, where, you know, if, if you're only consuming this echo chamber of yes. stuff and you're only seeing people doing this particular thing, either, either living the, a, a luxurious, glorious life 
or or you know keeping up with the joneses or or, or whatever the these sorts of things are you're always comparing yourself to, to other people and what they're doing and actually just finding that balance is is important and i know we we, we keep on saying that i can't think of a better way of mm. doing it but i mean have we got good examples of where we've been able to actually just say no and or make a shift or, or do something I, i'll start off because i'm just throwing questions at you here but i was talking to a friend of mine who's recently he's recently been called a a mental health champion at work which is a fantastic thing that's going on in his workplace and i said like i am struggling with this whole like weight and like consumption of screen time and i and i, I know it's a problem and so what i'm trying to do is like lock my screen and just get some work done on paper just get away from it like i can be an effective person in my company without looking at a screen the whole time and i can do that where i can have those things i'm not unavailable i can still receive notifications buzzing away on my wrist or whatever but i can still do work effective work that isn't involved screen time and for me that's the shift that i'm making this week and i think i posted a couple of weeks ago saying that i'm started to stop throwing post-it notes all over the place to remind myself to do things on monday but to schedule some of my slack messages these are little things that i'm trying to change in myself so that i can stop that whirring around in my head before i clock off but also so i'm not having to feel like i have to be looking at the screen the whole time have you got a couple any other... of things i do is is if i'm in a meeting especially in a catch-up and i say i'll do something i will sometimes pause the meeting and do it you know if it's just a message to someone i will pause the meeting and go i'll do that now especially if it's affecting the, the actual person that i'm actually talking to do it whilst they're there you might well you know if it's at the beginning of the meeting you might well get a reply before before the end of the meeting so therefore you can get instant feedback but i tend to try and do things as they come along especially in my work day rather than trying to to put them off you know to a quiet time i will try my best to to actually do it as and when they come up i've been trialing with writing to-do lists in my in a notebook to try and keep me on task what i you know but the problem i've got is a lot of the tasks then fall rolled over the following day um and end up you know moving day by day out but i want to write it down because as chris said you know trying to not have everything on the screen trying to have something that means i have to look away and i can do something and i can write notes and whatever else in my book but you know, at times when I've come back from holiday like this week and I've got 400 emails that I need to get through, I haven't written my to-do list each morning and it's made a big difference to how productive my days have been. And and then there is that thing of, I guess, the end of the day, what have I achieved today? I've done nothing. And then I'm panicking and then I'm stressing and then I'm thinking about work in the evening because there's things I need to have proven that I've done work and et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's that constant thing of how do I satisfy myself that I've done enough each day? And, and then hopefully I can have closure on that day and I can switch off. I've always struggled with to-do lists. I've never, I haven't yet found a mechanism. I'm still, I'm still struggling. Finding, you know, <laughs> I've tried online things. I've tried notebooks. And exactly as you, you know, if you don't get tasks done, they just get longer and longer. And, you know, sometimes you, you have five things at the beginning of the day something lands on your desk at nine o'clock that shakes the whole of the day and you've still got those five things plus another three to start the next day. Sound like a Jira backlog. So, <laughs> yeah. Or a Trello so, boards. So yeah, it's, yeah. I, I haven't found I a way that, that's useful to actually do that. So I'd be really, 
perhaps that's a whole new episode. That is, yeah, I think to-do lists yep. and time management is definitely one for us to talk so, about another time. Yeah, so watch this space, I would say. Yeah, poster notes I find for that around a monitor. But yeah, um, it's picking, making sure you pick ones you can win, not just ones that take all day. And there's Chris's examples. There's mine podcast on screen. Goals. Yeah, podcast goals. I guess to me, as Chris has mentioned this earlier, it's actually saying no, either verbally or mentally. So verbally, obviously, is when someone asks you during a call at 7 p.m., 8 p.m., saying, no, I can't, family time, or no, um, I'm UK, busy. And there's kind of ways of obviously saying no sort of mentally, like making yourself unavailable by drawing a cutoff. Like um, I've been doing a bit too much, so I've kind of said to my boss, um, I'm going to be kind of making sure I leave by X time. Not to kind of not commit to doing work and things like that, but just to kind of actually I'm just going to announce what I'm willing to do. So where that boundary is and from that boundary, you kind of can help set things mentally to yourself. It's like mentally made it okay for me, if that makes sense. My boss didn't complain, didn't ever think. Like Chris said before, people accepted it, went, it's cool. Yeah, that's your boundary. And having that acceptance has made it easier for me to feel like I can justify parking that bit of work and coming back to it in the morning. To your other point, it does sometimes back up and so on. But saying no, sometimes I found the actual thing went away. This was the thing, like one of them, have a meeting with these people to do this thing, to make the decision today. No, I can't do it. I'll do it next week. Sometime. It's not important. It's it's funny though, isn't it? Because it's it's one of those things that we, when we're talking about good sort of testing discovery moments are establishing scope and laying out our assumptions. And yet here we are saying, oh, I'm assuming a bunch of things and the scope creep is happening in my own life. And, and I guess the challenge for us is if we're, if we're being leaders and stuff, how are we going to be better at this to set an example for our people and for ourselves and our families? Like, what kind of an example do you set for your children if you're working all hours and you're no. going to drop everything for those things? It's not a great example. We have that channel in our Slack. I said no. And celebrating saying no is really important. Don't, not saying no to everything. Let's not be idiots. But saying no is, is is really important. And having a culture that is safe to talk about when things are too much, too little, or to manage expectations, mitigate those things where possible. I think that I think it's, it's, it's really important to talk about those things rather than just this kind of, yeah, I'll do that or I'll just squeeze that thing in or we'll just get that little bit in. It's not healthy. It sets a bad precedent. And I, I think you're creating whatever the um, equivalent of saying no debt is in. You're going to pay for it later because they say like if you don't stop now, your body will stop you or, mm. or, or other things. You'll become ineffective. Like, you know, I've done three months solid of overtime. That isn't effective. There'll, there'll be something. You're right. And that's where I have started saying no to stuff. I know that'll be a shock to most of you, but it's been, no. I've taken the, and, and the, the, the thing I keep thinking about is, does this thing that I've been asked to do impact my day job now, or is it something that will benefit me in the future? If it benefits me in the future, as in future career opportunities or, or networking with people outside of my remit or helping someone else in the community that's not in my current role, if it doesn't benefit me in my current role, then I'm starting to say no to things because I have to focus on my day job and make sure that's where my focus is rather than jumping to support and help. As much as I love helping and mentoring and coaching people outside the community, if that's taking out time 
that's outside of my work hours, then I need to cut back somewhere and make sure my focus on the day job is the important bit and then everything else gets dropped so that I can then be the family man, the husband, the, fa- the father, hobbies, etc. I want to get back into tennis. I need to have time to do that. So saying no to things that don't directly impact my day-to-day job have been things that I've, I've, I've started to put in place. And that has made a difference, but it's not there yet. Good. No. Yes. Thank you, everybody. I think we've covered a lot of goodness in that we clearly are not people who have got it all together. And I think it's important to say that uh, even if our external selves look like we're achieving wonderful things, which we are, we all struggle with things. And I think that's okay. But we all need to help help ourselves and help our friends and colleagues to try and switch off. So thank you for your uh, candid honesty, chaps. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, thank you for continuing to listen. Uh, thank you for your feedback. We really appreciate it when people sort of get in touch or they, they sort of talk about um, things we could do better or, or things they enjoyed. It does help us to sort of shape what, what we might try and improve on in the future. Um, so thank you, for, um, all you people that have been doing that to date. Uh, if you want to find us online, we're on most of the socials. Not not all of them, I suppose. No Snapchats and TikToks, but we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. We are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash testingpeers if you want to support us in what we're doing. Um, otherwise, please like, share, subscribe, all those good things. Tell your friends about us. Probably ones that are interested in testing is best to go down. But, you know, maybe someone else would enjoy it. Um, but until next time, Thank you very much and adios. For now, it's goodbye from the testing peers. Goodbye. Goodbye.